Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 22nd of October, and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week, as reported by us. This week, Fortnite's creator Epic Games embraces blockchain in video games, sort of. Kazakhstan is struggling to balance its electricity usage as it gets the grips of Bitcoin mining. And the most powerful woman in finance is worried that Bitcoin could be undermining the dollar. We started the week with Epic Games, maker of the hit game Fortnite, announcing plans to allow titles that feature NFTs and blockchain-based collectibles to be sold in its online store. However, the tech won't be appearing in Epic's own titles. The decision comes only weeks after Chief Executive Tim Sweeney had trashed NFTs on Twitter. He tweeted, We aren't touching NFTs as the whole field is currently tangled up with an intractable mix of scams, interesting decentralised tech foundations and scams. Epic Games wasn't the first to make its NFT stance known. Shortly before its announcement, The Verge noted that Steam's parent company Valve recently added crypto to its list of things that shouldn't be published on its online marketplace. NFTs in video games typically come in the form of collectible items, such as weapons or skins. They have a real-world value outside of the game and can be bought and sold with cryptocurrency. Ownership is then recorded on the blockchain. Epic Games told The Verge last week that it's open to games that support cryptocurrency or blockchain-based assets. Separating its own software, Chief Executive Sweeney set out some rules for third-party developers looking to publish games through the North Carolina-based firm. For starters, they'll need to handle their own payments, as Epic Games won't be accepting cryptocurrency. They must also comply with relevant laws and regulations, while clearly signposting how their blockchain is being used. The Fortnite developers also highlighted that games containing NFTs should be labelled with age-appropriate ratings. The checklist suggests that it's unlikely any blockchain games will be featuring within Epic's online store anytime soon, while developers take some time to adjust to the rules. And that's before we even get into the firm's case-by-case basis for approving new games. According to its FAQ section, Epic operates a closed beta onboarding procedure. Steam, on the other hand, is less restrictive when it comes to self-publishing. Games can go live after a review period and a $100 publishing fee. As mentioned, Epic Games' new openness to NFTs follows some recent contradictory comments from Chief Executive Tim Sweeney. In late September, Sweeney publicly rejected a pitch for a game that included in-game NFTs. Not only did he say NFTs are riddled with scams, but he also suggested Epic Games would be distancing itself from blockchain-related titles. In some of his more recent tweets, he said we welcome innovation in the areas of technology and finance. Steam is the world's largest online distributor of video games, and Epic Games' apparent change of heart per NFTs could suggest a bid for a better market share. Epic Games already undercut Steam by 18% on its 70-30 revenue split between developer and publisher. Epic Games' website highlights that developers keep 88% of the revenue from games instead of 70%. On Tuesday, we covered Kazakhstan and its decision to ration electricity after a wave of Chinese Bitcoin miners pushed the country's unprepared power grid to breaking point. 
Thanks to its shared border and pro-crypto policies, Kazakhstan is now home to thousands of Chinese mining rigs, displaced by Beijing's crackdown on crypto-related activity. As such, according to Cambridge University's newly updated Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index, the country was the world's second biggest Bitcoin miner in August. It sat behind only the United States as its share of global mining soared by more than 16.5%. According to Cambridge's IP data, Kazakhstan boasted 21.9% of Bitcoin's overall hash rate that month. However, while the US was more or less ready to scoop up migrating Chinese hash rates for some time, Kazakhstan was not. This has caused disruption to its power supply, which came to a head when three major power plants went offline last week. As a result, the country's national grid operator announced tough new measures last week. It's been a rocky road for Kazakhstan, and all the while it seems to be struggling to decide exactly where it stands with Bitcoin mining. Three years ago, the country's national bank considered an outright crypto ban due to money laundering fears. But in 2020, it pulled a complete 180, passing a law that not only legalised crypto mining, but encouraged licensed digital asset brokers. At the time, Kazakhstan's digital development minister Baghdad Musin announced that the country had set up 13 mining farms. He also revealed that by 2025, investments in crypto mining would total 500 billion tenj, or $1.2 billion. But now Kazakhstan may be set for another change of heart, now that the realities of Bitcoin mining and its electricity requirements are beginning to set in. The Blockchain and Data Center Industry Association estimates the country is currently home to around 250,000 rigs. Cambridge's research linked Irish and German IP addresses to a sizable amount of hash rate, but the researcher warned this was due to VPN usage. It's also possible that Chinese Bitcoin miners are using VPNs, which means there could still be lots of hash rates in mainland China. The KEGOC didn't explicitly blame crypto for the shortages, but Kazakhstan's energy minister has little doubt about what's causing the additional strain. He said in a September press conference, We have seen that our electricity consumption has literally increased by 7% in one year. That's a very big increase. He also pointed out that the average increase is just 2% per year. While the KEGOC set its own rationing requirements on over-consuming customers, the energy minister suggested governments imposed limits. These were 1 megawatt per mining facility and 100 megawatts for the sector as a whole. In response, local Bitcoin miners said the country should be targeting illegal operations, not legit mining setups. But it goes without saying that the US isn't handling the influx too well either, as states preparing to take in displaced Chinese miners are also beginning to suffer energy shortages. Earlier this year, Texas, one of the country's most desirable locations for Bitcoin miners, experienced its own energy shortages and outages. Texans were urged to curtail energy usage and even turn off the air conditioning in the midst of a heatwave. This led to speculation that Bitcoin miners would be required to shutter operations at times of peak demand. 
And rounding out the week, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is concerned that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are undermining efforts to protect the global influence of the US dollar with economic sanctions. In a nine-page Treasury sanctions review released earlier this week, Yellen detailed recommendations to enhance effectiveness in supporting national security in a world where cryptocurrencies are ubiquitous. It cited financial innovation, a shifting global economic landscape and geopolitical changes as Yellen's top three concerns. In her introduction, Yellen wrote, After the September 11 attacks, economic and financial sanctions became a tool of first resort to address a range of threats to the national security, foreign policy and economy of the United States. This tool rests on the formidable strength of, and trust in, the US financial system and currency. Yellen oversees more than 100,000 Treasury employees, a workforce 22 times larger than the 4,400-odd employees working for the Security Exchange Commission. As Secretary, Congress vests in her power to effectively cut entire countries off from the world banking system. And so Yellen didn't mince her words in her latest assessment of crypto. She said digital assets allow malign actors to maintain and transfer funds outside of traditional finance, while empowering US adversaries seeking to build new financial and payment systems intended to diminish the US dollar's global role. Yellen is the ultimate leader of government agencies, which include the Internal Revenue Service, the Office of Foreign Asset Control, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, the Treasury Executive Office of Asset Forfeiture, and the Office of Terrorist Financing and Financial Crimes, even the Mint. So it goes without saying that she's the most powerful person in finance. Her Treasury General account boasts $134 billion, a largely discretionary fund known as America's Checkbook that she directs. Yellen promised in a Senate confirmation hearing that she would increase economic sanctions compliance. Crypto is one of her top priorities. It's worth noting that crypto markets are today worth $2.66 trillion, which is less than 1% of global household wealth, currently $418 trillion. But Yellen dismissed crypto in February. Back then, she claimed Bitcoin was an extremely inefficient method of financially transacting and reckoned the industry is mostly used to launder the profits of online drug traffickers and finance terrorism. In a speech at the 2019 Annual International Conference on Counterterrorism, the then-Treasury Undersecretary Sigal Mandelka cited the terrorist group Hezbollah's need for private donations as proof of the efficacy of US sanctions. Mandelka contrasted Hezbollah's limited access to crypto-to-fear off-ramps with Hamas solicitations of Bitcoin donations. She warned without the appropriate strong safeguards, cryptocurrencies could become the next frontier. In February this year, the US Department of Justice filed charges against three North Korean programmers for their alleged involvement in the prolific WannaCry ransomware program. The department alleged that the hackers had conducted cyber attacks to extort $1.3 billion in cash and cryptocurrencies. In April, Iran reinstated some crypto mining's ability to legally mine crypto. This was despite concerns about the state of the country's power grid. 
As one of several nations facing U.S. sanctions, Iran formally recognizes Bitcoin mining to avoid U.S. dollar-denominated trade. The Iranian president, who took office in August, said he was in favor of outcome-oriented talks regarding U.S. sanctions. According to charts included in Yellen's sanctions review, the Treasury's use of sanctions has increased 933% since 2000. Treasury sanctions have also shifted to include more countries, all alleged to support terrorism or cyber attacks on US infrastructure. Yellen and the Treasury call sanctions a tool of first resort, as opposed to a tool of last resort in addressing national security threats. The report recommended steps to ensure that potential crypto-related sanctions fit well with US interests. Analysis of whether sanctions work well with overall policy goals is required. Yellen's report states, in particular, the Treasury should invest in deepening its institutional knowledge and capabilities in the evolving digital assets and services space to support the full sanctions lifecycle of activities. Yellen did, however, caution against crypto-related sanctions that would sour relations with allied economies. You can check the full Yellen report on our website. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We realise there's only so much we can cover in under 10 minutes, so if you want more of the stories that matter, check out protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major provider for more weekly roundups.